Dog-Eared Book Club. I am your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as BB by many. And here on Dog-Eared, the mission is to connect you all to books, thought leaders, and avid readers alike. I am so happy to be here. I truly have the biggest smile on my face. It feels like forever since I've sat down and been on the mic, and I'm just really, really happy to be here. This just lights me up so, so much, and I am so happy you guys are here with me, connecting with connecting with me and connecting with the amazing people that I get to connect you with. So anyways, without further ado, I cannot wait to introduce you guys to this beautiful leader that is not only so multifaceted, so dynamic, so wise, and just truly the leader that we need today, but also has been my mentor for at least three years now. And the word gratitude makes me a little frustrated because it's not enough to express how thankful I am for her and how much wisdom she has imparted on me and how much I've learned from her. And she's just been such an integral part of how I've become the woman I am today and how I'm going to continue becoming the woman I am and will be. It is just amazing. So Without further ado, this is Dr. Lisa Rayburn Esquire. So she is an advisor, educator, leadership counsel, eco-theologian, and the founder and CEO of the Deton Foundation. So the Deton Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit, and it is an educational and leadership institute with a focus on food and environmental systems along with clean water. So their primary focus at the Detente Foundation is to educate and forge strong alliances between impactful leaders, young entrepreneurs, and the general public to create a regenerative, thriving world. So this is done through mass media messaging, including film and video content, online and in-person educational programs, along with gathering leaders to start a dialogue and really work together. So Lisa's work includes studies in consciousness, neurotheology, neuroplasticity, and how we might embody the ways that improve our world. So she links this messaging with social entrepreneurship and helps entrepreneurs, philanthropists, capital fund managers, and business leaders, among others, to be who the world needs them to be today and to build companies that serve the world. Like, wow, she is our hero. So Lisa's background is she has a bachelor's in political science from the University of California, Irvine, a law degree from Southwestern University of Law, and a doctor of ministry degree from Claremont School of Theology and Spiritual Renewal, Contemplative Practice, and Strategic Leadership. I'm sorry, she is so cool. Oh gosh, well, Not only is just her on paper just so cool, I love Lisa because one of the things that was really interesting growing up was I am just, as you already know, I am a very energetic person. I am very bubbly. I love people. I am very goofy. I totally love life. I think life is such a joy and I just I'm very very playful and I think for a long time people didn't take me seriously. People really 
thought I was stupid just because I was energetic. They also thought I was younger than my age because I was energetic and because I was silly and I use my hands and I have an expressive face. But when I met Lisa, I was so affirmed that this is what's life this is what life is about. Life is supposed to be enjoyed. We're so we're supposed to laugh. We're supposed to hold each other tight. We're supposed to be goofy and play and just live. And that is what is so beautiful about Lisa is she will laugh at, I have to say, 99.9, pretty much all of the funny memes I post. She is one of the people that laughs at them, which is amazing. I'm like, okay, you're a real one. But also, Lisa, I just, like, is so renowned and so highly regarded in my eyes. And I just admire her so much for her wisdom and her strength and just her message, the way she lives her life, the way she carries herself, the way she embodies a strong woman, a strong woman, a strong female leader. I just, I look up to Lisa so, so much. And again, I really cannot thank her enough for all the work and all the time and all the love that she has poured into me. But also, I'm just so excited to just be a part of her life so I can just watch her set the world on fire. I love her so, so much. So anyways, I am so excited you're here to sit down with us. We discuss the beautiful books that are a part of Lisa's life. You will die when you hear one of the books that she reads. It is so awesome. And what I love about Lisa too is you would think that she reads very serious books but again like this is what's so beautiful about Lisa is like she loves just beautiful stories and beautiful literature and the books that we've all heard of and Lisa's so personable and just so loving and warm and obviously you know what I guess I just have to say I'm biased but I'm also biased about every single leader I will ever bring on here because I'm just obsessed with every single one of them so again thank you so so much for being here please sit down with us get cozy and I cannot wait for you guys to fall in love with Lisa but anyways Lisa thank you so so much for being here and I almost get like frustrated I because grateful doesn't even cover what you mean to me honestly and like what you've given to me and um, you've been a very integral part in um, helping me become the woman I am today. So thank you so, so much. It's such an honor to have you on here and to have you in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, same here. You are, you are such a joy to me and I absolutely love and adore you and to be here at your side um, for a while now has been such a gift mm-hmm. to me and you have such you're just such a beautiful um, soul and I just hope I'm here for many 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 years to come yes okay so let's just get right to it so is there a book that you're currently reading and how did you come across it and do you like it or do you not like it 
Oh my goodness. So that's a big question because um, I think, as you know, I'm an avid reader. Um, I, I love reading. I always have. And, um, and I read every single morning. Mm-hmm. So every morning I wake up and I spend some time in, in quiet and in reading and in uh, prayer and just getting ready for my day. Mm-hmm. And so there are always, you know, kind of a stack of books next to me that um, I read every morning. And then what I read at nighttime is is different than that. But um, so what I'm reading right now, I think more at from nighttime is that I just finished a book called Circe that I think oh. I had mentioned to you. It's from... Mm-hmm. Um, Madeline Miller mm-hmm. and so she's just this great art author and and um and then I just started her second book which is the Song of Achilles and yes. so both of those I love Song of Achilles was her first book and um Circe was the was the second but it's about Circe at least is about a nymph and it's about Greek mythology and and the Odyssey and and but told through the eyes of of a woman, you mm-hmm. know that. And so I think it's like you and I've talked about. You know, I've I heard many years ago, and it's always been so true to me is that uh, truth is often best told through fiction. Mm-hmm. And I really see that. So when I'm reading Circe and just starting Song of Achilles, I see just these incredible truths that that are written in that that really. Um, touch the soul because it's about relationships and adventure and heartache and exile and the whole drama of Greek mythology written about this incredible um, female character. And so that's the book I just finished and then um, just started Song Song of Achilles. And then in the morning, um, I read just various things too, but but those are my two, two books for right now. Oh, I love it. I, I've actually have heard nothing but good things about those two books, and they're super popular in the book community. And I've, yeah, so I need to definitely get my hands on those. They're good ones, for so sure. Good. So what is your earliest memory of reading? Ah, uh, so... Um, it's it's interesting. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day too. That um, really, I can see who I am today mm-hmm. was really you could have seen it when I was a little girl based on based on the books that that I was reading and mm-hmm. and um, so my earliest memory, one of my favorite books, was um, Where the Wild Things Are. And I just remember like the magic of when he went to bed. And mm-hmm. it was absolutely one of my favorites. And then um, this very adult book uh, called uh, Camelot. And it was about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And when I, when I was really little, <coughs> in fact, even before I could read, because I would have my mom read it and it's an adult book. And I would have her read it to me over and over and over again. And I was um, in love with King Arthur at, you know, at this, as a little, little girl. And I remember saying to my mom, 
you know, why is Guinevere in love with Lancelot? Like, <sighs> she's with King Arthur, for God's sakes. Like, it's the Knights of the Round Table. Like, why would you? And these questions I had at, like, five, six years old to my mom. Like, I didn't get it. But what I did get was the absolute magic of the Knights of the Round Table oh. and King Arthur and the striving for something greater than than who we are. And so um, both of those things in, impacted me the most as, as a little girl. Oh, I love that. So it's kind of like a two-parter, um, but what is your favorite genre and does that kind of tie in with your favorite author? Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, my favorite genre is uh, literary fiction mm-hmm. for for really the reason I said before, um, and literary fiction in like, I, I like really, and it's not well written from a haughty stance, you mm-hmm. know, like this great works of fiction, like with my nose in the air, it's kind of like these great literary fictional pieces mm-hmm. or what I said before about truth is, is better told through fiction. So when I'm reading books like that, um, it really moves me in in truth because I've always been really um, um, kind of impacted by striving for truth, but also the truth of human existence, how mm-hmm. it is to live and to feel and have those emotions. And then my favorite author, well, I have, a, I have many of them, but one of my favorites is Herman Hesse. And so um, certainly that ties into the literary fiction part of that and so I remember you know early on reading Siddhartha and and then Narcissus and Goldman that I've read three four times and so in both of those books obviously Siddhartha is about um you know Siddhartha but then in in Narcissus and Goldman it's about these um two individuals and their um, striving in their lives for for faith and for meaning and for um you know, the impact of, of their own lives. So mm-hmm. obviously there's a theme in what I'd like to read, um, which is, you know, kind of a, a learning of, of human existence and then also the feeling, the, the emotion behind that. Mm-hmm. And then I'd that. also say to one of my other um, favorite authors and it's, um, nonfiction, because I read a lot of nonfiction also, um, is um, Thomas Berry. Mm. So Thomas Berry's work, you know, one of his books is called The Great Work, mm. which is about, you know, the great work of a humanity is um, advancing ourselves, who we are as human beings and helping our, our planet and the world at large and, and that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, literary fiction and the authors that go along with that and then, um, nonfiction, but books that kind of have more of a, I don't know, and a, a, a spiritual slants, re- religious, um, slant type of thing is, um, really, I, I, I am a theologian, and so I'm a, I'm a studier of, of theology. I'm an eco-theologian by, by practice. And so I read a lot um, as, a, as a theologian of great religious texts and spiritual mm-hmm. texts and so forth. Mm-hmm. So one of the other books I'm rereading right now, actually, and I re- read it a lot, but I'm rereading it um, beginning to end is the New Testament. Because mm-hmm. I think, too, there's often 
so many things attributed to religious texts that and people haven't read them. Um, and then for me, I like knowing what I'm talking about when, so I'd like to go right back to the source. So I'm mm-hmm. also rereading the New Testament. I love it, Lisa. So what are your reading habits, you know, or rituals that you uh, partake in and ones that maybe you've carried on since you were little or maybe um, how they've changed over time? Well, I still, um, I've always loved to read, always, always. And, but for probably, gosh, I'll say like 10 years now, the practice of reading every morning is, is a real, real type of ritual, you know, where I just, um, I like starting my day and also with a cup of coffee. So I do get up early, but I do not like communing with people. <laughs> I need to, I need to just get into my day. Yes. And, and uh, so I love, love reading, reading in the morning. That's, that's my, my favorite time. And then what does change off and on is, is at nighttime, a lot of times at nighttime. And and then what I want to read at night can be entirely different. At, by night, I'm tired. I don't want to be moved. Um, I, already, I have a hard time sleeping anyway. So it's like, I don't want anything to evoke <laughs> out of me or to be upset by anything. It's I like things more mindless at, at nighttime. Mm. I'm very much a, I need mindless at nighttime. Mm. And then... And really that pattern is just is every day. Wake up with full inspiration, the excitement of the day, the hope, you know, great reading, great everything. And at the end of my evening, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I, I no longer want to think. And then uh, I just want to go to bed. Yes, <laughs> to turn off the busy bee brain. Yeah. And oh. I think too, I've also, um, I was in school a very, very, very long time. Um, many, many years of um, postgraduate study. And so I also, if I am kind of trained to not go to sleep while I'm reading. So at night, I need to put down my books for me to go to sleep because I'm used to studying for years. And so if I'm reading, I won't go to sleep. So I need to I need to set the books down to, to fall asleep. I have never thought about that mm-hmm. that is such a good point yes. oh i'm goodness. not someone who can read and fall asleep it's it's the exact opposite wow but hey a lifelong student exactly there you go so yeah i need to tr- i need to set it down and then turn on a little shit's creek or something oh thank me. goodness oh my <laughs> just God. laugh and, and go to yes. sleep oh shenanigans mm-hmm. so what books are on your nightstand or coffee table or bookshelf? Oh, so on my nightstand right now is the Bible. Cause I'm, I'm reading that mm-hmm. the new Testament. Um, it's the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, believe it or not to mm-hmm. where, um, I have, I have a whole set of Harvard classics that I've always wanted to read all the way through. And I've carried them with me, well, my entire adult life. 
since since I've had them. Mm-hmm. And so one of them I pulled out the um, the meditations of Marcus Aurelius just because I, I I haven't read them and mm-hmm. um, so I have that there. And then um, Nelson Mandela's The Long Walk to Freedom mm-hmm. is on my that's the book I I want to read next. It's an autobiography of of Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Time Is Now by Joan Chittister, which mm-hmm. I always have just sitting next to my bed just as a reminder of a, she's this just, and I think I've spoken to Hugh about her too. She's this incredible nun that um, has written many, many books, but The Time Is Now is a real calling of, of people of faith to um live in our world and take care of our world and so i I, i've read her book that book a couple of times too and i leave it next to my bed Mm -hmm. as a a little uh reminder i love it so what moves you in a work of literature i think what i said before about truth Mm -hmm. i i also i don't like being manipulated and so if some if 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 an author is trying too hard mm. to manipulate my emotions, I don't like I don't like it. And um that's why I really love this author Madeline Miller in Circe and um the the Song of Achilles where it's just so um like she'll be talking about like when Odysseus left, right? And um the words she used for how her heart was broken in that was so poignant. And so when I was reading it, 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 it brought up emotion of like heartache I've had or loss that I've had. And in such a beautiful way, it's like, Oh, that's so true. And so I think that great works of literature that do that um, impact me a great deal. And then some of the other nonfiction books, like there, there's a great book called A Broken Open by oh. Elizabeth Lasser, and so which I've had a lot of people read. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that too, I found it so truthful that... Um, then I get a great deal of joy. So that's what I would say. I'd like truth. I don't like being manipulated. Um, and then it's not even about the pace of a book. Like I could settle in with a, a long pace of a book and not get bored by it or something, but it just, mm. it has to be truthful and, and ring true to me. Mm. Move me in some way or teach me something. I know. I, I love that you said that because I haven't even thought about that. Like, I guess maybe the way I've, I guess it's not so much specifically emotions, but like there are some authors where I just like would get a little peeved because I feel like they're just author explaining to me. And mm. part of it could be like them telling me how to feel. And it's so funny. The first author I thought about when you were also describing Madeline Miller was Murakami because I'm reading his Murakami. One, 1Q84 and I'm just mm. like, I don't know. I've just, he is truly like in my eyes, like such a masterful writer and storyteller and just, 
Oh God, he's just amazing. So I love He's him. one of my favorite authors and oh. I've read just about everything he's ever written. Oh. And that that is spot on, like right to point. So masterful. I just, I love how right now it's like two separate stories and they're weaving together so perfectly. And I think even just as a writer, I'm like, I'm not even confused. Cause that's really, really hard to write two stories that are eventually gonna merge. And I'm like, I am completely hooked and I am completely like on track with every single thing going on. And not only that, he's just oh, like such a phenomenal writer. I'm like, oh my God, I'm yes. such a slave for him. Oh, I love him. Yeah. In fact, whenever I see your post with Mirakami, I'm like, oh, yes. I know, I know. Oh God, he just, he's, how old is he? He's not that old. No, I don't know. I don't know, but no, not, I'm not sure. It's funny because it's like, I feel like he sometimes almost acts like a deceased writer because he's so under the radar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, where is he? <laughs> Yeah, I think the avid readers yes. are really aware of who he is and, you know, and, and honor him. So yes. Much. So most of the time, the avid readers do, do know his work. Yes. So what has been, so I know you've kind of answered this a little bit, but this can be a little bit more pointed. Um, what has been the book or books that have really inspired your path and inspired your journey? Are you needing a revamp on your website? Have you been building your new biz or rebranding your new biz, but either not really feeling it with the logos or colors or you're not even sure where to begin? Please, you guys, I am telling you, look no further. Ashley Munson, creative director and founder of Libra Collective, will take amazing care of you. So Libra Collective is a studio that designs brands, packaging, and illustrations for passionate people. Ashley will help you from top to bottom strategize and design a brand aligned with your story, values, and mission to connect with your ideal target audience. Then, if this is necessary for you, create beautiful packaging with intentional materials and detail to really elevate your products. And then also, which is honestly one of my favorite things that she does, sketches, renders, and implements original illustration for your branding, product, or service. So I have been working with Ashley for almost two years now, and not only is she uber, uber, remarkably, ridiculously talented. She is so attentive and so transparent with her process. She makes sure to really check in with you and make sure you love what she's making for you. And also she is so receptive of feedback and she is so collaborative. And just an amazing cherry on top, Ashley is one of the most lovely humans you will ever, ever meet. And of course, you guys, I have to be so honest. This is one of the best investments I've ever made for myself and for Dog Eared Book Club. And I cannot wait to do more work with her in the future for not only Dog Eared as a business and a company that I'm building, but also with future, future companies and future business ideas that I have. So are you ready to invest in one of the best investments you'll ever make as an entrepreneur or business owner? 
Ashley has provided the dog eared community with a gorgeous deal. So for those of you looking to build your personal business or personal brand or just an overall business idea, simply use the code dogear 21 and receive 15% off the brand kit. That's over $300 off, you guys. So head over to LibraCollective.com and begin your journey today. I promise you, you will thank yourself and your brand will thank you too. Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I I would say a book called The Spirituality of Imperfection mm. that oh. you and I also talked about too. And and the reason, and it's called the spirituality of imperfection, the, the art of storytelling. And, mm-hmm. and so it's about how um, theological texts or um, even um, texts, for instance, for people who are, are sober in, say, it's a, a 12-step program or in, um, in recovery in some way, it's all about storytelling. So it goes in to talk about, you know, the great works of, of religion and spirituality and, and movement um, really come back to story. And the reason that really changed me is that I tend to be, I'm, I'm very public and very, very private mm-hmm. at, at the same time. And so a lot of times there's a lot of my own story I hold back. Mm-hmm. And what, um, by reading Spirituality of Imperfection, it's about the beauty of who we are that are that's lived out by our imperfections. Mm. And so if we're brave enough to tell our stories, it gives such a um, strength and a comfort to those who are, who are hearing us. And so that changed me on a personal level to continue to tell my own personal story, mm. not just the public story, but the really the personal who I am, um, the mistakes I've made, the um, the loves I've had, whatever that very human human existence is. I, that that book really really changed me and. And then I would say um, Joan Shitterster's the, the Time Is Now. Mm-hmm. And um, and for the very same reasons, but in a different way, the spirituality of imperfection really brought me out a little bit more of my personal life, mm-hmm. where the Time Is Now um, really had me devote to my public life and, and to my work. Mm-hmm. And so both of those were a real calling to me mm-hmm. and really changed me. And not really changed me. I was kind of doing both, but really um, caused me to elevate my level of devotion. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what is, you know, your kind of like book? I got this, oh gosh, who did I get this word from? It was so fun. I think it was from my my previous mentor, Rachel, it was like book candy. Like what is your book candy, you know, guilty pleasure? Um, you know, even I remember Marina giggled about this question cause she was like, oh, I remember reading Gossip Girl when I was, you know, in high school and I had to hide it under my pillow. So like, was there a book like that growing up or do you have a book right now that you're, that's kind of like your book candy, guilty pleasure? You know what? I. Because I was trying to think of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think in the 
in the past, it's been a number of years now, but um, the John Grisham books, mm-hmm. so just those like legal thrillers and um, I actually really enjoy those. I haven't read one in, in a long time, but oh, I would love, you know, on vacation <laughs> just to like be in Hawaii and just be reading and get absorbed in, in those, in those books. Um, and I think some of the Dan, Dan Brown mm-hmm. books, <gasps> for the very same reason, like I'm just kind of fascinated also by the history that he brings into it. And, um, so I love those and, but, but I was really realizing what I really love is really a, a magazine. So is, mm. is Vanity Fair. So it's not oh really a guilty pleasure, but if I'm just going to read whatever I want, I'm on vacation. I would rather read Vanity Fair cover to cover. That is so like, funny. In fact, if you ask me if you want, you know, what do you want just for me to go read and go do, I'd say, give me a couple Vanity Fairs and let me lay by a pool for about a week. I... And- perfectly happy i love that no and i think i read i read the da vinci code for the first time two years ago and i was like oh my god i now i get why like people are so obsessed and enthralled but also outraged at this book totally yes exactly because i think that's the thing to remember too is that it's fiction. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's also why it was kind of my guilty pleasure too, you know, of, you know, wow, because there were such liberties taken. And then at the same time, kind of the historical thread. I mean, he's a smart man. Yeah. And so um, it was just, it was just fun. It's fun to just kind of escape into, into that type of thing. But oh my gosh. I, I would rather give me a great vanity fair. And oh, yeah. Okay, I know this is like slightly off topic, but I feel like you are the perfect person to ask this of. Because what are what are the truths in the Da Vinci Code, and what are the obvious? Because I know like there are definitely some obvious fictions, but like what are the truths in there? Because I'm like, oh my god, like uh, it feels well, so real. Well, I can't answer that in this. Like, <laughs> I mean. That is a big question to answer in like, and, and you have 25 seconds, go, right? Um, I would have to sit with you for probably 10 days. In fact, we would need that vacation. I'm dying. Days. Oh, my God. Um, we need a return. But then, you know, I, I, I am no... Um, you know, ab- you know, absolute knowing what truth is, right? But, but I think there are certain things that... Um, liberties that are taken for for fiction mm. for instance and other things that we just don't know but but Dan Brown wasn't saying these things were true yeah. Dan Brown took historical part historical and then fictionalized the, the yes. rest um but I couldn't go like you know topic by topic oh my God. Uh, that's 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 a big <laughs> Big question. <laughs> so funny. I'm like, this is definitely a leap year. That, that's, a, that's a big, that's a big question. Okay. Well, moving on. Oh, I feel the like. book of fiction. <laughs> I feel like you'll love this question. So if you could have an author write about your life, who to be and why? Oh, so 
Um, <laughs> I would say Joan Chittister. Yes. For sure. And why would be, let's hope. But if Joan Chittister was writing about me, then that means I would have done what she has asked us to do. Mm. And I think there would be no greater gift. I, you know, in, in my life, um, there was this great show. What was it called? It was called the actor's studio. It was on, I think it was the Bravo channel many, many years ago. Oh my gosh. But, um, the guy would interview actors and actresses. And, and one of his final questions was always, you know, when you die and go to heaven, you know, what would you like to hear God say? And, you know, I always thought that, you know, what I would love to hear God say is well done mm-hmm. about my life, right? And so um, if Joan Chittister was writing about me, I would hope that it would have been well done, which means I would have done what she has asked, which I, I think there would be no more... Um, my my life would uh, have the meaning that I would want it to. If mm-hmm. that, if that oh, I love it. That's so gorgeous. Oh. So what books are you, I know you kind of mentioned some, but are there any other books that um, you are looking to read in 2022? Oh. Don't. 2022. Oh my gosh. Where is this? Oh, it's under here. Stop. Hold on. Oh. So I will say, oops, I'm going to knock everything over. Hold on. So I would say this, if I could read any book, by the way. Okay. So this book, this is a coffee table book called The Universe. Yes. And okay, look at the detail. It's about the, the universe, obviously. Look how dense it is. Like that's all writing pictures from NASA about the cosmos, the greater cosmos. It's, it's intense. It's detailed. It's science. Um, if I could read if I could read any book cover to cover, it would be this one. And it's a, it's a major book. So I always try to read it and I get just a little ways into it. And then like, here's just one book about, about like celestial, it's huge. So anyway, um, in 2022, I, love it. I would love that for me, for that to be my, I will read the universe book in 2022. You could do like a page a day. Do a page a day. I could <laughs> add it into my whole morning, morning routine. Oh my God. I remember, I think, yeah, when I first met you, you brought that book up. I love that. Yes. Well, and then my brother had actually, because my father worked in aerospace for many years, Mm. well, for many years, his whole entire life, he worked in aerospace. And um, so my brother had bought the book for my mom and dad. And so when I was at their house years ago, I I took it. (laughs) He had had got it it for them as a coffee table book. And I went and and got it. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I have it with me. So I, I really want to read it cover to cover. It's oh, fascinating. I love it. So why do you read? I know you kind of touched upon it a little bit, but I would love to get this like pointed question. I love coming to the end of this podcast and asking that question because it just is so beautiful. Well, that's a great question because mm-hmm. I don't, 
read to escape. Mm -hmm. I I watch um, movies to escape. Mm -hmm. I don't read to escape. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I read, I would say to learn. I really like to learn, but also to relate that Mm -hmm. um, there's certain intimacy and relationship that's, that is built with um, beautiful books. And that's different for all of us, but to have that, that level of intimacy and relation and understanding Mm -hmm. is, um, is, is a, is a great gift. Like I've learned a lot more about who I am by reading than I have by my relationships. So Mm -hmm. if, if I only was focused on my relationships and my place in the world, it could, it could feel perhaps um, lonely or disconnected because I don't know a lot of people like me. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I'm reading even if it's for a page or a paragraph or a sentence, it's this um, connection that I feel um, that's something greater and something really beautiful. So, so that's really, and, and then, like I said, um, truth, I, I'd like to, I, I like to um, know things and the, the source of things and the, the history of, of things. I think it's, I think it's, well, I know it's important. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So if you could gift someone a book, what would it be and who would it be to and why? Oh, my goodness. I would say, well, I, you know, and, and I don't know if it's someone in particular, mm-hmm. but I would say to children, to keep children reading and reading, and then maybe adults too, but reading actual books, not just reading off a Kindle or off a phone or off a, um, but um, to whatever is in that person to instill a love of reading Mm -hmm. and a desire to reading, that's what I would want to give gift to them. Mm -hmm. So not just here's something important to me and I want you to read it. It's here's what might move you Mm -hmm. and develop a love for you and reading. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would, I would want to give really to all people, not Mm -hmm. even kids. I think we're, um, I think it really impacts humanity if humanity stops reading. Yes. If we only live by sound bites and snippets, um, we will, we already kind of are de-evolving, but we will really de-evolve as far as um, the beauty of life itself if, Mm -hmm. if we stop reading. So I don't know if it would just be one book to one person. It would be anything that keeps people, um, reading mm. and reading actual books, having that level of intimacy and relationship. Intimacy and relationship is so important for life itself. Mm. And so I think if we can maintain that, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be very different for different people. So I'd also say to people, read what you love to read. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't try to change that for other people. Just really read, read what you love to read. Oh, I love it. And 
kind of, I guess it sort of dovetails off of this, but what book would you urge or encourage humanity to read right now? Oh, um, Thomas Berry's The Great Work, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's an eco-theologian. Eco mm-hmm. So um, that's just great. Um, and then The Time Is Now by Joan Chittister. Mm-hmm. Both, both of those books. Because both of those books, they're very, it's not a scolding. It's not, you must do this. And this is, yes. it's such a heart opening. You know, we're all so stressed in our lives already, right? Like, it's just like trying to meet these never-ending demands of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so we don't need scolding. We don't need, you have to do this, or you can't do this, or you, sh- you know. And so both of those books, yes. Thomas Berry's The Great Work and Joan Chittister's The Time Is Now, it's such a beautiful heart calling Mm -hmm. like it's really a calling to love a a calling to participate Mm -hmm. and then a real understanding of the beauty and the importance of every single human life Mm -hmm. that each and every one of us is is precious and is needed and is um you know and by needed it's not just needed to go do all these things it's we're needed to be compassionate and loving and kind and considerate and gracious and mm-hmm. all those those things so so both of those books amazing oh well lisa this was absolutely gorgeous and i cannot thank you enough and it's so funny before right when i thought about i mean if you're open to it because i know you say you don't read for escape but however i feel like there would be a this um author i feel like i'm not going to say his last name right but gary scheingart and he's a very well-known um author and he writes for i think the new yorker or the new york times but his books are like they embody Shit's creek like so well written and such a beautiful story but like he is hilarious like so so funny and it's not like he's trying to be funny it's not awkward it's like absolutely hilarious but the characters have depth to it so if you're interested shit's creek of books (laughs) love it which is perfect for nighttime right exactly oh my gosh so so good but anyways lisa you just fill my heart with so much joy and when i was feeling discouraged an hour ago my spirits feel lifted and you're just the best so thank you so so much well i think what you're doing with um dog eared book club is so beautiful and so needed in our in our world it's a precious gift that you're giving us mm-hmm. and so i want to thank you for doing it and taking that great leap of faith and being just persevering and because you never know the rippling effects of mm-hmm. you know, none of us know the rippling effects of really who we're touching by what we're doing and and it's really powerful what you're doing so thank you oh you guys thank you so so much for sitting with lisa and i i cannot begin to tell you how much joy dog Eared book club brings me and honestly lisa has been with me ever since the beginning when it came to building dog Eared, and she is one of the most amazing gifts that life has given me. And I'm just so, so excited to introduce you guys 
to her and her beautiful, beautiful self. So anyways, please let me know what books you have read on Lisa's list. Please let me know what books you are looking to add to your thrift books or bookshop.org carts or you're going to run to the local bookstore, you guys. We do not support Amazon in this house. And get ready for January 4th, Tuesday, the Anxious Reader series will launch and we're going to tackle our reading anxieties together book by book, page by page, side by side. Y'all, oh my gosh, I'm so, so excited. Sorry, gosh, I am so, so silly. I'm like, wait, is this okay to be this silly? Yes, it is. I am a silly goose and I know you guys love me for that. So anyways, thank you so, so much. Please stay tuned for her book list, which will launch in just a few days. And please let me know what your favorite part of the episode was. Woo!